will give Max his be my friend. There's nothing I fear. Arr, I will pounce. I will make her my own. Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. We're here to talk about every episode of the 1999 WB series Roswell, one episode at a time and spoiler free. Today we are discussing season one, episode 14, Blind Date. According to Google, this is the one where Maria enters Liz in a blind date contest, Max and Kyle commiserate about their shared feelings for Liz, and Michael and Isabel send a signal to a fourth alien. This episode was written by our old pal Tanya St. John. It was directed by Keith Samples, who directed a few episodes of some other teen shows at the time, and also directed three episodes of Oz, a show that I really love. Oh, me too. In this episode originally aired on the 9th of February, 2000. We open on this beautiful shot of a bass guitar being strummed by none other than our resident rocker, Alex Whitman, who tells us that his band is called The Wits. Maria says, that's just an S away from what you really are. The, the Swits, right? Right? That's what she meant, right? I think she meant the Wiss. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. W-H-I-S-S. Right. Or maybe she thought they should have an extra <laughs> S at the end, like the wits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And have like a snake as their symbol. Um, yeah, I would also cool. really like to point out that Alex's base is sparkly. Mm-hmm. Also, um, there is technically a laugh when Maria says that. Alex wow. chuckles. Oh, breaking it out I early. I call it a chuckle. You know, we we talked about how in order to count as a laugh, it has to be like two syllables, like ha, not just ha. Um, this is only two. So just barely. <laughs> I would like to hear chastise Alex and or the writers for coming up with the band name the wits which is just a shortening of alex's last name of all the amazing slash terrible alternative rock band names that we got in the 90s the best alex could come up with was what if i just dropped that man for my last name like the man would have even been a better band's name than the wits come on people The man's. Mm. I think it was like just to prove that it is his band. Right. So I did want to point out before we move on from Alex and the wits um, that Alex has fulfilled his New Year's resolution that I helped him set that he was going to make a band. Oh, and he yay. did it. It's only February. Great job. And Alex. it's not easy to put together a band like finding a drummer is hard. No. Apparently finding a singer who doesn't have mono is even harder. Yeah, also, like, yes. she got sick, a, a temporary illness, I may say, and they kicked her out of the band? Maybe they just replaced her for this oh, performance. Oh, maybe just for this concert. Okay. I yeah, hope so. I would imagine after this experience with Maria, they're probably not inviting her back. <laughs> she sounded good, though. She sounded great. But was pretty awful. <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> to that. Everyone in this episode is awful. Just you wait. So the first awfulness that we start with that I took note of 
is when uh, this KROZ or whatever, the, the radio station shows up because it turns out that Liz Parker has won their contest. And the first awfulness, I would say, is the fact that Maria entered Liz in a contest. Maria is yet again inserting herself in Liz's love life. Not cool. Yeah, yeah there is a lot about this that's messed up. I would be pissed if yeah. I was Liz. And I would be like, uh, what the fuck? I didn't sign up for this competition and I'm not fucking doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's maybe with less swear words because I'm in a 90s TV show. But that would be my <laughs> that's response. That's totally what Liz could and should have done. This yeah. is also so weird. Like, they're just going to show up to where she works. And, like, I assume Maria must have told them, like, oh, if this is when you're announcing the winner, this is where she'll be. But, like, they didn't need her to sign anything or permission from her parents who by the way her parents are like absent this whole time even though these people are like setting up a radio shop in their business their daughter is going on a date that's been set up for her by strangers and they're not even here ever with an older man this is i don't i don't think so yeah it's really there's There's a lot of problems here. I would like to say, though, that, like, what I took away from this episode in general before we get back into, like, scene by scene is, like, uh, there were so many things I hated about it, like, in in every way. But at the same time, it... (laughs) focused on certain relationships and and uh people bonding in really beautiful ways do you mean michael, I mean and, michael isabel? and isabel specifically oh, yeah yes the only good part of this episode yeah kyle and max yeah. bonding was kind of funny <laughs> but michael and isabel was it was really sweet seeing how they comfort each other and care for each other i couldn't get past the grossness of the kyle and max thing because they're yeah, like you mean bonding over misogyny Yes, Lyle. Yeah. Dear old Lyle. All right. So after the radio contest, we get the the theme song and then we're at school. I really like Liz's little bit of actor, Sherry Appleby's little bit of acting here where the guy's like, what are you thinking? And she's like, yeah, nothing I can say on live radio. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a very, <laughs> yes. a very good delivery of that line. Yeah, it was great. Yes, I agree. So then the theme song and then we're at school. And the first thing I notice is Liz's freaking bucket hat, which, Uh okay, it's the 90s. But I would just like to say, once and for all, bucket hats are not making a comeback, and I hate them. No. No. If anyone tries, just stop it right now. They are not cute. No. Uh, Even if you are trying to hide from the paparazzi in Roswell, there are still so many other options you could use to hide than But, like, also this look with the big sunglasses inside and the hat. I think her outfit is very cute, but, like, you're in high school. Everyone knows you. And I don't (laughs) think that this is a look that will, like, keep attention away from you, you know? Right. Maybe you could have gone with a hoodie and some sweatpants, like, wearing your gym uniform or something. But, like, this look just says, hey, check me out. Right. Definitely something that would get some attention. Yeah. And then Maria sets us up here for the idea that Liz just needs to go on a normal date with a normal guy. And, like, Liz is a little resistant. It also seems weird that she's, like, you should go on a normal date with a normal guy. So I set one up for you via the radio with a stranger to yeah. be determined <laughs> by other strangers. Because that's normal. <laughs> so this is where they see Alex putting up signs that his band needs a new singer. Yeah, the poor girl got mono. Yeah, poor girl got mono. To which Maria responds, 
begging isn't becoming or like something about like, oh, no need to beg. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And Alex is like, what? Yes. Oh, God, I can't get out of this. Oh, I yay. <laughs> and then here's what I think is crazy. Alex says, well, we're looking for someone with professional experience. You're hanging up signs <laughs> in your high school quad. Who are you hoping to find that has professional experience at your high school? Like, be hanging up signs at like the local bars. Like do, you're not going to find someone with professional experience in high school. Like Maria singing at the pizza pan karaoke is like as close to professional as you're right. going to get. I would also assume that none of them have professional experience. So it's a little ambitious yeah. of them to assume that someone with professional experience would want to sing in a high school garage band. Well, I wonder what the professional yeah. experience of their initial singer was. Like, was she on Star Search when she was five? And they were like, ooh. She's going places. I mean, Star Search, though. Pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also see a hot sauce sighting in this scene, which um, I feel like we haven't seen a hot sauce, an actual hot sauce sighting lately. And it's a little Tabasco mm. plug for us. Um, Max is pouring hot sauce onto his sun chips. And then the sun chip logo logo is conveniently blocked by the Tabasco sauce yes. bottle in every subsequent scene. So they obviously did not have a sponsorship from Yeah, I also chips. definitely noticed that. Like, oh, how perfect. It's covering <laughs> the sun chips. But it was clearly yeah. sun chips. Boop. Yeah, just like the Tabasco logo is through the U yeah. in sun chip. Just perfectly placed. But poor Kyle... <laughs> striking out i think it's weird that he would want to talk at all to the guy who he thinks stole his girlfriend from him but whatever we yeah. need to set up this little thread so he's coming over to commiserate because he thinks they're both dumped by liz and max is like well i couldn't have been dumped because we were never together and kyle's like okay all right i've seen the show i know what's up <laughs> calm down <laughs> and then kyle calls Liz a man-eater and says he feels bad for the poor guy who's going to get matched up with her because she's going to fall in love and then the hunger begins all over again. And I was oh just like, I can't even take the misogyny seriously okay, because it's Kyle. so ridiculous. Like, so over the yeah. top. I, nobody can see uh, me. Uh, listeners can't see me, but I just am shaking my head. I just have nothing to say other than yeah. to shake my head. We just have a, this episode is just going to have a lot of head shaking. Yeah. It's just, this is uh season one, episode 14, misogyny for the win. Ugh. Yeah, so... I think this one maybe beats out Heatwave for me in terms of just like, I don't ever want to watch it again because it's so awful, especially in its treatment of the female characters. I just cannot. Yeah, I, I feel like in terms of misogyny, this one takes the cake yeah which is saying something you know yeah heat wave was not great yeah for that but i liked all the making out this one we only get a little then we head off to alex's garage for maria's audition and alex's bandmates are all like who's this girl and i want to be like don't you all go to school together? It's not a big fucking school. <laughs> this is one of Alex's best friends, supposedly. How do you not know who she is? Well, but I okay. think they're all like in college or later, judging from how they look. So maybe they don't know her yeah. because they're <laughs> like 28 years old. They had professional experience. 
And Maria, this is where we get our first little bit of tension because Maria wants to do famous pop songs and Alex is like, well, we'll, we're an alternative band and we write our own songs. And Maria's like, ha ha ha, losers. Don't you want to be famous? This is the first time when we think we're going to get to hear Mahandra Delfino sing and then they're like, ha ha, cut away. And I was like, wait, what? I know, they keep faking us out like that. Not cool. I hate it. But also, I love this part where they're like, how do we even know you can sing? And she just like <laughs> scoffs, picks up the mic and is like, give me an E flat. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And what's weird is then, then like you can hear someone strike a guitar. It doesn't look like it's any of them. But it's like, she's like, give me an E flat. And then there's a guitar with like a slide. So it's like not straight E flat. It's like, boom. Which, like, that's not how you give someone a note. I just thought it was weirdly placed. Like so many things in this show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then we go over to the crashdown, where our aliens are having, as usual, a heated debate where Max is like, I'm right, you're wrong, tra-la-la-la-la-la. Max and Michael are both trying to get Isabel on their side, and which side should she be on, and she just feels awkward and upset and doesn't really clearly choose a side. She, like, sort of sides with Max, but, like, won't really fully side with him, and then just sits there Yeah, I think her awkwardly. loyalties are really divided, and it's a bummer, because they think, like, as we've seen, she has her own opinions, but she doesn't feel comfortable voicing them because of the way that Max has treated her. And so yeah. even if she does agree with Michael, she knows that if she challenges Max too much, he'll just shut down. And so... I think the way she handles it, it's very much, it's like the way that you handle a family member who you know is emotionally immature. So, like, she waits until Michael leaves and then is, like, really gentle with Max and is like, Michael needs his hope. It's the only thing that keeps him going and is trying to appeal to him on this level of, like, caring for Michael. But Max is just like, meh, I'm in charge. I'm the best. (laughs) I'm so cool. I think that was his exact line. Yeah, yeah, how did you memorize yeah. those lines so quickly? Yeah, I've been studying the tape all day. <laughs> I also feel like <laughs> the way I saw it is that she said it after Michael left. She said that stuff to Max because Michael would never, like, let her say that. He'd be like, "I like, Hope, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have feelings. Yeah, be like, I'm too cool for feelings. And this is where we see that the radio station is just broadcasting from the middle of a working restaurant. And so listeners, Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. all record in our own homes and regularly have to pause because there's like a car going by or a bird outside and it creates a ton of background noise. So I can only imagine how horrible of an experience this is for listeners to hear the clang of dishes and silverware and people talking and dishes being picked up and put down. Oh, this seems awful. Yeah. Yeah. And picking up in each other's microphones. Yeah. And... Also, the radio guy comes in and refers to Liz as Roswell's most eligible bachelorette. But, like, she's a teenager. They're acting like she yeah. is, like, this girl in her 20s who's, who they're trying to, like, marry off. He also <laughs> refers to her as a knockout. She is a child. Oh, yeah. Can I can I give everyone the whole line there? Because it's so disgusting. Yes, I wrote it down. He says, and may I also just say to our listeners that they are missing a sweet soda shop treat, gross, by not being here to see what a knockout you really are, Liz, even with the antennas. (laughs) 
She's what, like 15, 16? Yeah, I think she's 16. So. Yeah. So gross. Very ew. So he's asking Liz, you know, what she looks for in a man, like in binaries, blonde or brunette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only choose this thing or that thing. Um, well, and we're assuming she's only interested in dating men. Of course. Well, she's a woman, right? So. Oh, good me... point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's the year 2000. Gay people don't really exist on TV no, yet. No, of course not. Right, they haven't been invented yet. <laughs> Gay wasn't around back then. Um, yeah, and so she basically describes Max and what she's looking for. No surprise there. Yeah. And she just stares lovingly over at Max while she does it. And Max is sipping his soda out of a cute little alien straw. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering if these are the little alien straws that Amy DeLuca convinced Mr. Parker to buy for the restaurant. I think they were. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. I was very proud of Amy. Good for her. Like, Like, for once, that's the, like, set dressers and people, like, doing a good job of, like paying attention to things and circling back like in yeah, subtle ways someone on the show was confident how much of her yearly revenue do you think is tied up in straws <laughs> <laughs> maybe like one yeah. percent she only like mr parker only bought a gross so what's that 144 yeah, but maybe he's dozen? just he was like wow these were such a big hit let me get a recurring order yeah or maybe he vanished into thin air, and so Liz has just been doing the ordering, and so she's like, I don't know, just a bunch of things. This is not a job a 16-year-old should have. I'm very overwhelmed. Whatever. Straws. <laughs> so then we go to the band's audition, and the male judge here is played by Joshua Farrell, who is credited as Joshua Hutchinson, so I don't know if he changed his name or whatever, but I only point this out because he was also in an episode of the show Angel. Oh. Um, Good catch. That's all. So many WB character actor yeah. crossovers. And Alex's band, all of their songs are anti love songs. And apparently <laughs> yeah. all sound the yes. same as well without uh, lyrics attached to them. And Maria, I guess, has come straight from the crashdown, but she has changed her outfit and completely redone her hair and makeup. Yeah. Yes, she had her hair styled under. And now it's in a cute little flip. But yes, and then it's going to go back to being styled under yeah, again it's after this very audition. Very impressive how quickly she can do her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the second time that we almost but don't get to hear Mahadra Delfino sing. Uh, the judges are like, she is cute. Let's listen to her sing. And I'm like, yeah, let's. And then they're like, cut to the crash down. But not before she winks at the judges. Oh, yeah. Bold move. Yeah, my next note is Maria is back at work and her hair is bad again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) She does have a little bit of a zigzag part going, though, when it's flipped under, which is like the only redeeming quality of the way her hair is styled there. I do love a good zigzag part. Yeah, it's true. I did notice the zigzag part, but it's not quite as defined as it should be for a zigzag part. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this scene, I was confused because a bunch of guys have apparently just shown up to the place where they know that Liz works because Dum Dum announced it on the radio. This seems real inappropriate. Like they haven't, are they entering the radio contest by just coming to harass her at work? They were like, oh, a teenage girl is single. Let me go to her business. Rawr. I will pounce. I will make yeah, her my own. Attacking. The guy on the radio said she was pretty, so I'll show up there. And I'm assuming to enter the contest, they have to apply to the radio. 
Yeah, not to yeah. Liz personally. Yeah. And then also, like, they're calling her. So, like, did they announce her last name or did people just find the Crashdown's phone number? And, like... They did say her last name. Oh, they did? Why would you do that? They said Liz Parker. She's in the freaking yellow pages. So now her her uh, answering machine is all filled up. Alex has to come over to reset it after the hundredth call, which is not how answering machines work, <laughs> but very cute that they're like mechanical troubles. Alex, get over here. I think, but at a certain time, it was how they worked because I remember that it was like on little tapes. Yeah, so you'd have to just put in a new tape, not yeah. reset yeah. the but machine. But if they only have one tape, <laughs> I don't know. Then you have to rewind it yeah. and report yeah. over it. She's not gonna call any of them back. No. But we're establishing that he's a geek because he can fix her answering machine, which is like a good setup for um, Maria being like, the guys have no style. And the Alex comes down and he's like, we're normal, not thrift shop freaks. And then she calls them geeks and he's like, we are high school yeah. geeks and we like it like I that. Know, I love that line. You, me too. Did we see the clothing that she pulled out of this thrift store bag? Because it was silver and shiny. Oh, it looks like it's for a disco. Yeah, it was, a, it was yeah. like a disco ball on clothing. <laughs> yeah. Honey, no, they're <laughs> not going to wear that. No, no. Right. Like, it's it's one thing if that was what she got for herself. But then she was like, oh, I got this for the guys. Yeah. She already has fashionable clothes. But Liz knew it. Liz knew they weren't going to like it. She's like, I think they like to dress oh, themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also have a little debate over what band they're going to be opening for, which was like blast from the past. Because Liz is like, you're going to open for Smash Mouth. And then uh, Alex is like, I thought it was Oasis. And Maria's like, I thought it was Bare Naked Ladies. And I was like, oh, all these bands that I loved in 1999. And I don't know when the last time I thought about any yeah. of them was. Oh, I think about Oasis constantly. <laughs> Just me? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we later get a is it a Foo Fighters shout out that we get later yeah. where someone's like oh they're yeah. too mm-hmm. big and I was like okay were they the biggest ones at that time I don't know I don't but know. Oasis who is aren't they British yeah right but Foo Fighters are too big Oasis though would definitely come to another country yeah. across the Atlantic well maybe that's why they had to fly into Albuquerque because that's where the international airport is right of course that's the closest to you know England in the u.s <laughs> i don't know how geography works in this show they drive to texas in freaking two hours it's true <laughs> very true their universe is different than ours mm-hmm. so then we go to isabel's room where like normal teenage girls do she's just casually hanging out in her house wearing leather pants while she lies in bed reading a magazine yeah yeah, she I'm is. I'm wearing leather pants right now. <laughs> right on. No, I'm not. With your cute sweetheart bustier. Oh, yeah. I know. Cute, right? Yeah. And then in the original airing, she was listening to Blink-182's Adam song, which is their song about teen suicide. And it's a much sadder song than the mm. more upbeat Falling Out by the Christian pop punk band Reliant K, which is what's playing in the version that we get. So uh, I thought that was worth I did noting. love Reliant I, K then, too, I totally though. saw them at Bamboozle one year. It was pretty cool. I, I saw them multiple Ooh. times. I discovered them when they opened for the OC Supertones. Right. 
that was my jam in that era. But anyway, I did not peg this as a Reliant K song. So thanks yes. for looking well, it's it very, up. It's playing pretty low, but the tone of it was, I think, very different than the Blink-182 song would have been. Um, so Michael shows yeah. up. Isabel's like hesitant, but she goes with him. He's like, we're not telling Max is Max is a dick. And she's like, oh, Alex got us tickets to the concert. We shouldn't miss it. And it's like, oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. She still Aww. likes him, even though she doesn't want to be with him. And she had to be like, yeah. back off. I'm hoping this means that he got the message and was like, OK, here are two tickets to the concert. Bring whomever you want. I just look forward to seeing you there as friends. Yeah, it's nice to know that, like, she really does care about him and consider him a friend. Yeah, but Michael is her family, and so she goes with him, which is nice because he needs someone in his corner. Yeah, and she totally Mm -hmm. knows that. Yeah. Recognizes it. And then we head to Liz's room where she's getting all cute for her date. And she's back in the room that they used for the pilot. So I had thought that this was just a pilot set and then they switched over to that other set that we've been seeing most of the time. She has not had this exposed brick wall or this like window to the balcony (laughs) in the same place. It kind of disappeared after the earlier episodes. She's had just like the painted room. I need to look back and see if there are any scenes where you can see like a little bit of the exposed brick. But like the setup on this is totally different than what we've been seeing up to this point. Huh. I did not catch that. I thought I always thought Liz's room was the same, but I don't notice those things as well as you do. Yeah. I just assume like, oh, they're filming from a different angle. Also, I guess here is where we learn that Max doesn't know about phones (laughs) and that he can call somebody. Because he's just standing outside Liz's room. Well, but Mm -hmm. it's not real Max. So in Liz's imagination, this is what Max would do. Aliza's looking at me like, what? This isn't real. He's not really there. (laughs) It's It's a a daydream. That, yep. Take that out. (laughs) No, I'm sure there's someone who's (laughs) listening who was confused by this, too. Well, when it first happened, I was like, oh, Max is at her window. He's going to profess his love to her when I did my first watch walk through. And then there's like the kiss. And I'm like, wow, this is really intense. And then I was like, oh, man, it's just a dream. Oh, when he first showed up, I was like, what a freaking creeper. He's just standing outside her window watching her get dressed. This is not cool. <laughs> that is what I thought. I, You know, I was watching this like on the train, taking like scribbling notes in my notebook and just like totally missed that. No, I'm sure a lot of people did. At the end of the exchange, it cuts back to her just being in her room looking at the mirror again by herself. So I probably was writing um, and looking down at yeah. that moment. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> I about how unsafe it is that there's just a ladder that leads up to this little landing outside of her room and she never seems to lock or even close her window. This is how people get murdered. Liz. Yeah. 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 And the radio station van shows up. I guess to like drop off Bland, which is what I've renamed her date because I can never remember his name because he is so boring. Bland. He his looks Doug. Like he does. He looks like not a real person. He looks like he, they just like yeah. cut a photo out of a perfume ad or something or a cologne yeah. ad in a magazine. And just pasted it on an extra. It's very weird. Yeah. So like you said, this is where we meet. Doug Shallow, whose hair is almost blonde. This is not a dark-haired mystery man. <laughs> no. But whatever. It's like dirty no. blonde. <laughs> but he's studying to be an archaeologist, which means someday he'll go yeah. to exotic places. Right. And like we said, he's in college, which means he's probably 18. 
Liz, we think, is either 15 or 16. This is gross. Yeah. And then also the University of New Mexico is in Albuquerque, which is more than three hours from Roswell driving. So (laughs) is the plan that they're just going to have this long distance relationship that if they ever Mm -hmm. consummated it would be illegal? And disgusting. I didn't realize it was that far away. I was like, oh, this is probably like an hour away or whatever. So like, okay, that's cute for like a little date. But like, and he's like, oh, this cute little town, this cute little restaurant. Like, no, he spent half but, the day traveling to get there. Yeah, there nothing's nothing's gonna come of this relationship. That's a long distance relationship. Yeah, I also found this incredibly creepy when the DJ is like, go ahead, Liz, touch his hair, Liz, put your hands on his head, Liz, and she's like, okay, <gasps> yeah. and does it. Like, oh no. I know. I wish she like were able to stand up for herself more and just yeah. be like, No, I don't want to do that. She's just so passive in this episode. Like things just yeah. happen to her. I don't like it. Yeah, she's like saying she doesn't want to do these things and that she doesn't like this contest, but is complying. Yeah, all you have to do is say no. Find someone else. Yeah. I didn't actually sign up for this. Bye. No, thank you. I'm good. Thanks. Mm-mm. I'm good with my existing brown haired mystery man from an exotic place even though he doesn't want to be with me and then max is lying on his bed listening to the radio when kyle pulls up outside with his buddies who have all been driving while drunk and there are no consequences for this which struck me as odd for a 90s teen show like there are always consequences for drinking and drinking and driving why did max not call the police or, like, a cab. He could have just freaking called Kyle's dad, the sheriff, who is not in this episode, so yeah. we don't get to find out what happened with that murder at the end of the last episode. Ah! I guess it wasn't a murder. Yeah. The shooting. The killing. Yeah. Ugh. I'm very upset by this. But Kyle gets a cute line where he's like, boys, you listen to my friend Max. He knows how to evade the law. And Max is like, ha, yeah. ha, ha, you have no idea. I also find it weird that, like, Kyle's buddies, who presumably these aren't the same boys who beat him up earlier, but, like, wouldn't they be like, what? I thought we hated this guy. What's what's the deal? What's happening? Yeah. Now we're all just going to be friends with him? Okay, cool. You're in charge. Whatever, I guess. I guess. Kyle just wants someone to commiserate, and probably his friends are like, oh my god, stop talking about Liz. You guys broke up months ago. This is really pathetic. Yeah. And then you fucked stuff up with, uh... Vicky. Uh, poor Vicky. Vicky. We remember you, Vicky. Must have been a man who wrote your part. I hope Kyle didn't break your heart. Vicky Delaney. We won't forget you. So then we go back to the restaurant where um, Liz is absolutely being harassed uh by the radio mm-hmm. and yeah they're commentating on her every yeah, move and like telling this guy to kiss her making them kiss okay so yeah. i had first i want to say that they talk about their food which is clearly uneaten on the plates in front of them which have clean silverware set next to them i called <laughs> baloney on props or set dressing or whoever did this this is a travesty the radio host appears to be on a date with a woman who is at his table with him. What is she oh, doing? Yeah. What is she getting out or of this? Or she's just helping Or is she commentate? like a producer? She doesn't have headphones. Like, she doesn't seem to be working. She's just oh, like chilling, she, like, eating. eating? Yeah, she's eating. She's just yeah. having dinner. 
She gets replaced <laughs> later by a different woman who joins him when they break into Liz's home. <laughs> a different woman with larger breasts. So we can see what radio guy is up to. I hate him so much. Yeah, he's awful. And then Bland is like, oh, the girls in the archaeology department are too serious. I'm glad I'm here with you, Liz Fun loving Parker. And she's like, yes, I'm a barrel of laughs. <laughs> I also wanted to point out that there's a gigantic crowd outside of the restaurant cheering on yeah, huge. this local small town radio show. It's a small town. Yep. Weird. My most important note from this scene is what sort of fancy French restaurant has a shitty chalkboard <laughs> up front? Like, I don't know if y'all noticed that, but behind Liz, like at the front of the restaurant, there's like a shitty ass chalkboard that says like, Chez Pierre welcomes the K-R-O-Z blind date couple or something. Like, that does not belong in a French restaurant. Like, exposition much? Like, just subtle, casual background exposition? So yeah, then Eliza, we go to what you said where they're like, kiss her, kiss her. And Doug is just yeah. like, okay, and kisses her. Grabs her by the neck. Ah. Uh, he puts his hand on the back of her neck oh, and no. dips her to kiss her. And then immediately apologizes. Like, I don't he like knows it. this wasn't yeah. cool, but did it anyway. Yeah. Which, like, it's... So, first of all, it's never yeah. okay. This is radio! No one can see you! They don't know! The radio guy could have just been like, wow, some kiss, and no one would have ever known the difference. Also, he he would win so many more points with her and, like, all other women if he were like oh, I don't want to kiss her if it's not okay with her. Yeah, or like, just ask. Like, oh, ask her if it's okay. You know, it's like, come on, man. You don't just grab a girl and kiss her. Right. Or even just say, hey, Liz, can I kiss you? Yeah, ask Liz. Like, oh, um, yeah, if it's okay with Liz. Like, Liz, is that okay? It's not hard to find out if you can kiss someone. Just ask them. Yeah, like, he doesn't make any attempt. He doesn't even, like, <sighs> look at her, raise his eyebrows. Like, oh, do you want to do this? He's just like, all right, right. well, I have been instructed. So I will do as I'm told. And then this is where Kyle is like, hey, Max, I'm going to help you out. Have some alcohol. Trust me, nothing bad is going to happen. And Max has never seen a television show before, so yeah. he doesn't know. He says, it's not going to kill you. It's going to calm you down. So Max gets like super hammered from the tiniest sip. And mm -hmm. Kyle is just like, oh, haha, I guess you've never had a drink before. But like. No, this is really weird. Kyle would have been like, oh, that's bizarre. I wonder why you're having this reaction. I've seen a lot of people drink before and none of them have ever. But Kyle's this already way. also drunk. So yeah. he's not really in his full capacity and maybe just thinks Max had more alcohol than he said he did. Or that I also would not affect Max that quickly if he was of a normal human uh, persuasion. No. And then we also don't see Kyle ever drink again, but he stays drunk throughout yeah. the rest of the evening, which, <laughs> okay. I think it's really unlikely that at 16 years old, none of the aliens have ever tried even a sip of alcohol before. Like, the Evanses having a sip of their parents' wine at dinner, or Michael finding his foster dad's stash of beer and being like, whatever. Or, like, any of the kids going to a party and, like, being offered a drink and just, like, sipping at it, you know? Like, this seems unlikely that none of them have even tried the tiniest sip Some of Some kids are straight beverage. edge. I had not tried any sort of alcohol at that age. And I, not for lack of being offered it, I just did not drink. And I was not interested in drinking. And if I went to parties, I did not drink. 
Yeah, I yeah. didn't drink at that age either. Um, but like I had definitely like tried a sip of my parents' wine at some point when we were traveling. And I think like among the three of them, I don't think any I don't think any of them are straight edge. Certainly not Michael. <laughs> yeah. And like they're definitely right. going to parties. I was gonna say like maybe Max or Isabel, but I feel like Michael totally would have tried alcohol before. Yeah. You know, because I I mean Hank has like beer cans all over the place. Yeah, and tells Michael to use them in place of milk for his cereal. So maybe Michael avoids alcohol because of this experience. Yeah, for Hank. that's a good point. Yeah, but absolutely. I don't know. I still was like, mm, I know not all teens drink. Again, I didn't. But like, it seems convenient that none of them have had the teeniest, tiniest little sip of any alcoholic beverage at any point ever in their None of them lives. had ever had their blood drawn until recently either, though. So, you know. <laughs> this is yeah. Fair. This They're is having fair. so many yeah. new experiences. And Kyle calls Max a wussy for getting drunk so quickly (sighs) we don't need this and then all of the other jocks i guess are just like oh cool kyle and max are hanging out now so we won't follow them or pursue in any way we'll just go do our own thing so they can have the rest of the episode to themselves so they can have their bro dude time we'll leave them alone it's like oh these two want to be alone and uh i'm in my notes i just wrote drunk max runs from kyle yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was actually cute where he's like (laughs) Okay, get ready, go. He's like, ready, go. I put, I'll beat you to the mailbox. What a test of manliness. Because <laughs> that's how you prove you're not a wussy. You run to the mailbox. And then yeah. it turns out Max has, like, super running powers. Yes. <laughs> or he just catches Kyle off guard. No, but I mean the fact that he rounded the corner and then Kyle rounded the corner oh. not long after him and he is gone. gone. Yeah. Well, he's probably just up somewhere that Kyle up. hasn't looked yet. Yeah. yeah. I also wrote in my notes, Max is Stefan Salvatore, which some people hopefully would get because in the Vampire Diaries, the vampires can run super fast and also just like jump to the top of a building. See, I thought of Buffy, like in the scene where, is it season one? Yeah, where she just is like oh, you're not allowed to go outside of campus for lunch. And she's like, okay. And then just like hops an eight foot fence by jumping straight into the air. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Buffy also can run super fast. Yeah. Maybe Max is a slayer and he doesn't know it yet. He's either a slayer in the Buffy verse or a vampire in the Mm. Vampire Diaries universe. What a tangled web. I know. Such an identity crisis. Yeah. Then we go to the library, and this is the one thing I didn't like in this Michael and Isabel thing, where she's like, oh, I think this is the closest you've ever come to the library, Michael, right before he says all this really smart stuff about how he's figured out these things based on, like, his deductive reasoning powers and, like, figuring out how all these different patterns work together. Did we need that? Did we need Isabel to be like, hey, you're stupid, I don't think that's something she would have done. No, I I think you're totally right about that. Especially in this episode, she's being so like loving and caring to him. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, but I do like how Michael is just like, I figured out all this stuff and then I made a plan and now I'm executing the plan. Boom. I do want to talk about the stuff he figured out, though, because I like absolutely did not get what the hell he <laughs> meant. He, he said, like, when Aries is when Aries is in the sky, you position this over a map of Roswell and all these things are put like, how does that make sense? 
so I am thinking that um, the different, like, symbols are supposed to correspond in some way to constellations. Like, maybe not constellations that we know, but, like, star clusters as you can see them. So that when Aries is overhead, you yeah. look at the star clusters where they are relative to Aries. And then, like, if you map them down to street level, they correspond to locations in the city of Roswell. Huh, okay. It doesn't make the most yeah, sense, but, like, that's how I interpret it. It's convoluted at best. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool that he just, like, intuited this and was just like, yeah, I, like, had this knowledge and then I just mapped it all out and I drew oh. these, like, relationships and boom, I didn't act impulsively. I took the time to sit here and figure all this out and now we're doing Yeah, it. I think there was, like, some level of you know, him learning by reading and, and, you know, figuring it out that way. And then some level of like him just, just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, like their, their alien intuition where, you know, the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like the geodesic dome, how he just like could see it and was drawing it. Mm-hmm. So then Isabel is like, what if this fourth alien, this Macedo, like, what if he's a killer? And Michael's like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, oh, Michael, back to his usual self. <laughs> right. Then we go back to Kyle and Max, who are on the streets of Roswell, which luckily are always and completely 100% mm-hmm. deserted. Yeah. <laughs> no one in this town leaves their houses after dark, which I think lends further credence to our theory that someone here is a vampire. Makes yeah. sense. Checks out. Mm-hmm. Max is sitting on the awning of some business called Night on the Town. I would love to know what this is because it sounds like a strip I wonder club. if that yeah. is the name of a real business on the street that they filmed on mm. in which I think it was Covina because the crash down yeah. and the UFO center were actual storefronts on this street. So I wonder if um, so a lot of times when they filmed on the street, they obviously filmed late at night so that it, they could close off the street and to outside people. But also I wonder if then like that storefront is another actual place or if that's somewhere like on the studio lot. I don't know. I thought these streets looked kind of fake, but maybe that's just because they're mm-hmm. so clean and so empty. <laughs> and Kyle is, I think, rightly concerned that if Max were to hurt himself here, everyone would be like, Kyle, why'd you get Max drunk? What's <laughs> it wrong would be with all you? Kyle's fault. Yeah, 100%. But Max starts opening up to Kyle about how he's been hiding for years, but it's time the real Max comes out. And then Kyle says he wouldn't be gay by any chance, would he? Ha ha, it's so funny. funny. I love all those gay jokes. Also because if this were Max actually coming out to him, that's not how you react. But I think Kyle could make the joke because he's so certain that Max could never be gay because Max isn't the kind of person who would ever <sighs> be gay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Um. Okay, so there's this moment where Kyle is like, so you and Liz are in love. And Max says, no flies on you, Kyle. And I had not yeah. heard this expression before. But apparently it's a thing, and it means that someone is quick to understand a situation and cannot be easily oh. deceived. So he's like, yeah, right on. Yeah. True you story, bro. It. We are really in love. 
Yeah, I also had not ever heard that and was confused by it. And I'm still confused by it. Like, why would it mean that? No flies on you to me just sounds like, oh, you took a shower today. I feel like (laughs) it probably has something to do with, like, maybe flies landing on an animal, but an animal who is quick, the flies won't land on it. Um, oh that makes sense or like you know when like a fly is on a horse and it like flicks its tail like it's fast to like get the fly off i don't know yeah okay that's my all right i mean i didn't think of that when that line was happening but now if we're breaking it down and we know it means somebody's fast like that's what i would take from it my with my powers of deduction in their mediocre state (laughs) i think it makes a lot of sense what doesn't make sense is when Max is like, oh, we're not together because Liz wants a dark hair, mysterious stranger from an exotic locale. And Kyle's like, but that's you. And Max is just like, ha, women, they're so dumb. They don't even know what they want because they're just little tiny ladies with little yeah. tiny lady brains. <laughs> See, this part I actually like didn't bother me as much because I thought he like I saw it as Max just trying to redirect because uh yeah because he was like starting to talk about him and Liz and how he really cares about her and and Kyle was like but then why can't you be together and I thought he was like redirecting by being like <laughs> women you know yeah it's her fault because she's so dumb it's definitely not me because I can't get my act together <laughs> and because he assumed that Kyle would just be like oh yeah there With that makes man sense. Eater. I you gotcha know? brah Ugh. Yeah, gross. So I thought it was interesting that Kyle is totally ready to admit defeat, and Max is like, no, 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 we're going to be the biggest dickheads and go and interrupt this date that she's on, which doesn't seem like a very Max idea, but I guess this is why they have, oh, it's drunk Max. Drunk Max is nothing like regular Max. That's how alcohol works. And he's like, and we'll get her to come back to us. Yes. Which gives Kyle the amazing line, well, how do we split her up exactly? Every other week? Mondays? Wednesdays? Fridays? Alternate? Saturdays? Which is, like, horrible, but very funny. No, that that I found funny. Because, like, he's clearly being sarcastic. He's yes. like, this is a dumb plan. What? You're running away? Okay, I'm it's coming. Like, come back to us? What? Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe they're gonna, like, give polyamory a try. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Kyle can be there just for the, like all right, I want to watch this dumb movie with you and, like, check you out in them cowboy boots, Kyle. And then Max can be there to bore her to death with his philosophical (laughs) treatises. And we know which one she'll call when she wants to watch Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yeah, except he'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm busy with my boyfriend. Can you maybe try again later? Bye. Because I think really Kyle and Max would just end up being like, we balance each other out really well. Let's hang (laughs) out. Okay, Liz who? Yeah, totally. I like what they brought out of each other in this episode, except for the misogyny. (laughs) Yes, if it weren't for everything that they say and do, I would really enjoy their relationship. (laughs) Pretty much. Well, then we go back to the crash down where they have, uh, where Mr. Shallow and uh, Liz have headed uh-huh. to escape the radio broadcast. Because for some reason, Doug thinks the last place they would look for her is where she lives and works. Yes, yeah, nobody's going to look for her there. Nobody. Where they have already found her before. Mm-hmm. And Doug says, what's good here besides the waitresses? And then I punched Doug in the face. 
Yeah. And Liz is like clearly uncomfortable and is like, oh, the concert, let's go. And he's like, oh, I wanted you all to myself. More yuck. No. Like, read read the room, dude. Read your audience. She's not into this. You've just forcibly kissed. Like, no, go home. Apologize profusely and leave and never do this ever again, ever. So also in this scene is where we get a second laugh. Also a Mm -hmm. chuckle, a minor laugh, but it does count as a laugh when, uh, what were you calling him, Lisa? When Bland (laughs) says to Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Liz, like, who are you going to find here? An alien? (laughs) (laughs) And she gives a one syllable. (sighs) So hers doesn't count as a laugh, but his is an uncomfortable little laugh. I also want to say or ask, who did Liz's hair? Because that is a fancy yeah, updo. for her to do herself. She also has, oh my god, the most glitter yes. on her face. It was distracting yeah. me when she's under the street lamp with Max later. I was just like it, blinded. And it's like on like the apples of her cheeks. It's mm-hmm. like not, oh, yeah. I don't know, not where often people put it glitter. It is the year 2000. She read a tutorial in Seventeen magazine. <laughs> then, after all of the glitter and the laugh, <laughs> well, in the midst of yes, all of the in glitter. the midst of all the glitter, yeah. <laughs> we head to the nightclub where Matt Walden from the record company, quote unquote, <laughs> has arrived to listen to Maria and the Wits sing. And to that, I say, what record company? Where is this record company located? Oh, some of my favorite bands were on the record label. It's my dream to be signed by the record yeah. label at the record company. Yeah. It reminded <laughs> me of um, the Real Big Fish song, Sell Out, where they're like, the record company is going to give me lots of money. And I was like, yeah, they're going to give Maria lots of money because <laughs> they think she's the next Celine Dion. And she's like, ooh, I think of myself more as an Alanis. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah. First, yeah. she does laugh at that. So that is oh, our third okay. and final okay. laugh. Three. Um, All right. Yeah, they're like our new Celine Dion. She's like, ah, I always thought of myself more as an Atlantis, which like, totally. yeah. Also, I don't know where they got Celine Dion from. She was big at the yeah, time. Yeah. Like, what did she sing at the audition? Yeah. Was Maria out there like, yo, yeah. The, you know, those big <laughs> pop songs that the record company is bound to There's love. There's nothing It's beautiful. We should do a cover of that song and send our Agreed. demo into the record company. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we can have the Whits back us up because as Alex reminds us, they're yeah. his band. Of course. <laughs> also, I want to point out the guitarist's hair. Is that Nikki? I, I don't know who's who but uh, who the cares? hair all the spikes <laughs> like we thought michael had spiky hair oh my goodness all the individual spikes <laughs> that's some good spike think he used glue for that yes oh probably mm-hmm. yeah like wood glue mm-hmm. yeah i feel like you gotta yeah then we go back to the library where michael is more sure about this than he's been about anything in his life and poor isabel is like well why do you need this like we still have each other isn't that enough And then she says, I'm just afraid that you won't find what you're looking for, or that maybe you will, and you won't need Max and me anymore. And Michael's like, that's not possible. She makes me want to cry. Yeah, I love this part. I get it, because she's a teenager, but I also feel like she should just want what's best for him, and like 
consider how different his life has been from theirs and that he's been completely miserable. And like, he really does need this hope of something or someone coming for him. And like, I get wanting to be enough for someone and like being like, Hey, but we're your family too. But like, I want her to be like, yeah, I'm here for you a hundred percent. But I also want you to know that like you still have us and I hope that we can give you like something of Mm -hmm. what you need. Yeah. And then it's a good thing that there is no one out on the streets ever because they light a gigantic fire on the lawn of a public building. Yes, yeah. That's <laughs> vandalism. It's a good thing this town doesn't have a sheriff or anything. No. no, he's off this week. And there's no fire department and there are no witnesses. So, NBD. And no cameras either. No, yeah. Yeah, they don't have that in their budget, probably. They've spent it all on uh, UFO hunting. Yep. <laughs> Um, but also, like, him saying that he's more sure of this than anything in his life before kind of was what made me think that um, him knowing this stuff, you know, was, like, also kind of him just having this sense, you know, from his hallucination. Like, he just, he knows this. And he knows that this is the way, this is what they need to do, mm-hmm. is burn this symbol in the yeah. grass. Mm-hmm. This is how Nazario will find us. Yeah, he's definitely having, like, an intuitive connection. Yeah. So then Max really is on Liz's balcony without her knowledge or permission. Mm-hmm. Yay. And he's using... Along with Kyle. Magic. He's using his magic um, manipulation of molecular structure to spray paint with his hands. And at no point does Kyle, first of all, turn around, which is lucky, or at any point say, like, hey, where'd you get the paint? I don't see a paint can or, like, a spray paint thing. Like, how'd, how'd that get there? Also, I'm standing a few feet away, and I didn't hear a sp- I didn't hear spray or paint. Or smell spray paint, or... Yeah. I know, he doesn't even, he nope. doesn't even think about it. But no, he just wants to know if doing that meaningful stuff, which he sucks at, gets you farther and max is like what do you mean farther and then max says that he and liz saw into each other's souls and then asks kyle how far they got and kyle's like second base and then max goes well we can't win them all ha 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 better luck next time getting that prize of a woman's body yay yes because that's about winning and losing yeah liz is just a thing to be Fought over and, and fell won up. like a prize, like a prize horse. Ugh. And then Max is ready to leave, but this time Kyle is like, "No, we have to break into her bedroom. It's Mecca." Ugh. Disgusting. And I'm surprised. Like I, I kind of expected Max to be like, "No, Kyle. Like we can't. Like you know, I thought Max was maybe going to be more respectful of her, but." Nope. No, it's drunk Max, so the the writers don't have to pay any attention to any of the characterization <laughs> that they've worked on over the past thirteen yeah. episodes. We before can just this. do a whole new thing. So they do go in to the and room. Kyle wants to check out her lingerie drawer, which I say yuck again. Uh-huh. And the secrets of femininity so close. Who knows what I may discover? He says grossly. Yep. Um, also, so before this, we get a little scene where Doug talks about how his scores let him know he could apply to any archaeology program he wanted. So he Ugh. chose UNM, who do have an archaeology program, but it is not ranked anywhere near the top <laughs> of archaeology programs in the nation. 
whatever, according to their website, they're known for research on prehistoric foraging systems. All so right. maybe that's what he's into. Cool. But then, like, the radio van finds them because, of course it does. You went to her house slash place Where of business. Where else is she going to go? Ugh. So this leads us to our confrontation where, like, Max is in the middle of changing Maria and Alex's heads to his head in the photo. I'm sorry. There are only three laughs in this episode, but this is the fourth laugh. Like, I was yes. laughing so hard at that. <laughs> it's like, oh, like you know, cheesy changing Alex's face and it changes Maria's too. I, yes, I laughed out loud I love for that sure. moment because like Kyle's being a major sleaze and like looking for her bras and panties and Max oh. is just like, boop, let me change that face to my face. <laughs> uh, boop, let me do another one. Like, So it looks like it's Liz in a picture with two me's. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could boop one of those into Kyle and they could have their uh, little threesome. <laughs> Their, yeah, their little uh, their little polyamorous love story for the three of them. Their thruple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Liz brings Doug to her bedroom. Like, they're not just hanging out in the living room. She bursts into the bedroom with him. And Doug is like, oh, there are two men here. Who are they? And Max is like, we're drunk. And Kyla's like, we're the exes, the rejects. And Liz immediately is like, bye, Doug. I'm going to go hang out with Max instead. Uh, Don't talk to me ever again. And just like immediately starts ignoring him in favor of Max. And I understand she's worried, but this is so rude. But they go out on the balcony and Max shows Liz his graffiti art and he can make it glow. Which is, like, even fancier graffiti art. Which he shouldn't be doing with people just, like, right on the other side of that window in the room. Well, he's going to get to a bunch more stuff he shouldn't be doing than anyone could see as well, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then the gross radio DJ comes bursting in and is like, I knew it, people. Doug has already maneuvered his way into the bedroom gross with, oh, another guy? Yeah. So they yes. have broken into Liz's home now. They've presumably like gone through the restaurant and up the back way and burst into her bedroom. Yeah. Where are Liz's parents? Where's the damn yep. sheriff? It is not legal. They can't be breaking into people's houses. <laughs> no. And this is where the DJ has a different woman a with him. Bustier woman. Which good for her. Yeah. But like I was having trouble paying Lovely. attention. Good for all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think he's like it's supposed to be valentine's day right is this radio dj just like on a series of valentine's dates while he's working i'm gonna guess he didn't get a second date with either of them Ugh, no max and liz run off and we see that liz has what appears to be a birdcage on her balcony and i really hope she's not keeping any creatures i missed in that That's yeah very upsetting. probably just for show and now i'm also wondering if liz finally understands Alex's whole thing from the last episode where he's like, what if a guy's obsession is about a woman? And she's like, ha ha ha, that could never happen. Maybe now she's rethinking that as her evening is being ruined by these two guys who are obsessed with her and are committing crimes to show her how they feel. Boo. We get a little scene where Maria's doing deep breathing to calm her nerves. And I think it's the spiky haired guy who's doing the same thing because he thinks it will get him high. Great. And then we head back out onto the streets of Roswell late at night. Liz and Max are 
running. They're running, just you and me, as long as we're together, nothing else matters. It'll be fine as long as we just keep running. And they've apparently run far enough to need a taxi. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. And to her credit, Liz is like, you're drunk, I don't believe anything you're saying. Yeah, yeah All right, Liz. Her. Way to figure out that Max is just like not gonna ever be what you need him to be or give what you need him to give. Max is so yeah. happy and joyful and convinced that nothing else matters but Liz and Liz just looks so sad because she knows that it's just the alcohol talking and that as soon as he's yeah. sober again, he's not gonna feel this way which is exactly what happens. Yeah. But he does say a few sweet lines first he tells her it's all just magic when i think about you and he tells her you're my dream girl liz and the look on her face is just like you Mm -hmm. say that now Mm -hmm. it's very sad and then we get the very famous line where she's like this could never be normal max and he says what's so great about normal this is sad but they kiss anyway yeah or no they don't kiss yet right they don't kiss yet. They've had their little dance under the, like, disco ball street light, but she's like, no, this isn't real. This is in this universe. Alcohol apparently makes you into a completely different person. Whatever. At least it makes aliens into a completely yeah. different person. Because mm-hmm. Kyle was kind of still Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a jerk. Sure was. And then we head back to the library where poor Michael... Nacero is not coming. No one ever comes for him. Aww. Except Isabel says, I will whenever yeah, you need I know, me. It's so sweet. It's very sweet. I wish we got to see more of their relationship. This is the best part of the episode. The relationship between the two of them and, and us being able to see how much they love each other mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the best part of this episode. Yes. The Sorry, the only good part of this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Accurate. I did think it was interesting that Michael asked Isabel to magic away the sign because apparently his powers have waned again since yeah. he healed Riverdog and into the woods. Yeah. Now he has lost those powers. Maybe Whatever. his not he's not in the right mindset. Maybe he's too sad. He can't control his okay. powers right now. Yeah. And then Liz is going to call a taxi, but the radio van has found them. And Max is like, we're over here. It must have been easy to find them because there's no one else on the streets in cars or pedestrians. Anyway, we go to the concert where Maria walks right onto the stage and then right off of the stage. And I I get the stage fright thing, but I also think it seems kind of unlike her to be freaking Mm -hmm. out so much. Like, she's Seems like someone who's performed before, who's comfortable being in front of people, who's comfortable having attention on her. But it is very Maria to be freaking out. That's true. She just didn't bring her cypress oil. She could have been chill if she had her cypress oil. Yeah. But she's like totally making it all about herself when it's like, you know, these guys were already doing this thing and asked you to sing with them. And now she's like maybe putting it all in jeopardy because she's freaking out. Although I do feel like they should have still played. Like, instead of everyone stopping what they were doing, the band should have played Love Hurts or Killed by Love or one of their other instrumental (laughs) songs about how terrible love is. Or I Will Never Love Again or Love Can Kiss My Ass or uh, I Hate Love. Screw you, love Love sucks. 
Yeah. One of their many, many future hits. Yes. But I guess then they would have been interrupted when the DJ burst in. Yeah. With Liz and the fellows to try and force her to choose among these guys by physically grabbing her and holding on to her and telling her she has to stay and perform for this crowd by declaring her love. He says, I think you owe it to them and the KROZ listeners to choose your Valentine here and now. Like, I don't anything. actually think she owes you. No, she doesn't owe anybody anything. But he wants to know if it's going to be Doug, Lyle, or Max, who kidnapped you and vandalized your home. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this was vandalism. And that's exactly who she's going to choose. <laughs> Obviously. But Lyle yeah. is just happy to be nominated. Yes. <laughs> that's really cute. That was a great line. <laughs> and poor Bland just thought you wanted a normal date. It's not what she ever wanted, Bland. Nope. And then Max is just like, oh, you've already been kissed by one guy today without your consent? Let's make it two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's finally convinced, like, oh, Max. And then he's like, oh. Wait, I'm sober again. It seems like the kiss is what sobers him Mm -hmm. up. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's magic. It's Liz magic. Liz magic. So then he's like, I have now kissed you. I have bothered you all night. I've ruined your evening. Now I'm going to leave you alone and humiliated in front of this crowd. And she's like, that's okay. Look how great my lip gloss still looks after all that smooching. Yeah. Good job. Me. Which, like, <laughs> no way. Not without reapplying. I don't yeah. buy it. But it is very nice of Maria to step up. And I feel like this is what spurs her into action, where she's like, oh, I have to redirect attention from Liz. And she's such a good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets over her stage fright. I wish we got to hear to more of her singing. We only get a few lines. I would have liked to hear more. After all of that buildup and waiting. And a different song. Yeah, this is a terrible song. I hate it. This was such a weird choice. Um, I want to talk about the song, but I also want to talk about Max saying, I didn't mean to ruin your night. And me saying, yes, you did. That's exactly what you meant to do. That's what you set out to do. And that's what you did, Max. You suck, you stupid dickhead. You tell him. I would love to. Let it out. (laughs) So the song that we finally get to hear Mahandra Delfino sing is not like some big poppy number. It's Phil Collins in the air tonight, which is a song about divorce. She starts it uh, not at the beginning, but with the fourth verse. And I don't really know a lot about this song or Phil Collins other than, you know, the Tarzan guy. (laughs) Um, So I read this New York Times article from 2016, and I just wanted to share with y'all this quote about the song In the Air Tonight, covered by Mahana Delfino in this episode. And oh, I want to see if anyone got from this what this article got from it, because I did not. (laughs) Okay, now, quote, the song's cavernous, brooding atmospheric somehow encapsulated and suffused the 80s druggy mania and come down sex laced with fear and death capitalism tickling your fancy and burying you up to your neck the almost cartoonish specter of global annihilation technological unease white suits fluorescent everything an unquenchable cinematic emptiness that either evoked the end of history or a dodgy batch of cocaine what? It's like, what song were you listening to? Now that they're saying it, like, I I do hear how they could take some of that from it. But, like, capitalism? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, my God. So bizarre. So freaking yeah. bizarre. It's very you... intense. And I 
did not get any of that from the performance no. that we got, which is no fault of Mahandra Delfino's. No, no. And it's a bummer because she clearly has a, a lovely voice, but mm. they chose a song that like does not showcase it at all. I mean, that's probably what no. they could get the rights to. Yeah. Yeah. And like it thematically, maybe kind of, I get what they were doing where they're like, oh, there's something coming in the air tonight. And then we see who we presume is Nacedo coming and like relighting the symbol. So it seems like Nacedo is a white adult male, or maybe that's just the form he's taking if Hubble is correct and he can shift Hmm. into any human body. Who knows? We'll just have to wait and find out. Yeah, that's our big finish. Yeah, it was was quite a cliffhanger. Quite a note Mm -hmm. to end on. Yeah. The very end of my notes just says, Library! Man! (laughs) Exclamation point. Fire! Before we go for the day, we must choose hot and saucy winners. Mm -hmm. Now let's see Who's hot and saucy? Saucy. It's hard. It's hard to do in this episode. Yeah, I would like to boycott this segment for this episode. Everyone was the worst. I think you have a right to do that. Yeah. I have I have one. Yeah, what's okay. yours? It's Isabel when she tells Michael that she's always going to be there for him. Oh, I love that's it. My, that's my pick. That's the only part of this episode that's not misogynistic and terrible i guess i will go off of that and say michael for figuring all this out taking the time to think through this and then using his combination of intuition and deductive reasoning to come up with this plan so hot so hot to be a smarty with some spiky hair um my choice for hot and saucy is gonna be is when alex said we are geeks and we like it like that because it's so hot for somebody to uh, be pr- happy with who they are and, like, have no problem just saying, this is who I am and I love it. Yeah, right on. Especially for a high schooler to be happy being yeah. geek. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. See, we found things. Totally. We found I love hot line. and saucy things for this episode. Yeah, I feel like this episode has really low lows. <laughs> but then the few and far between mm-hmm. highs are pretty high. They're just... Very few and yeah. far between. And then our last bit of important information for this week is Lisa's predictions. So, Lisa, the next episode, episode 15, is called Independence Day. What do you think we're going to see next in the show based on that title? I am going to hope that this refers to all of the characters declaring their independence from romantic entanglements because it never goes well for anyone ever in this show. And I would also like for the writers to declare their independence from bad writing. Keep your characters consistent, develop them as people, and not as plot devices that take on whatever qualities you want to highlight at a given moment. That would be my way. It's it's not a pr- This is really just what Lisa hopes will happen. <laughs> it's wishful thinking. It's not a prediction. Lisa's wishful thinking. Yeah. I am curious if we find out if Nacedo is a shapeshifter like Hubble thought, if he is a murderer like Hubble thought, or if he is just a really unlucky guy who happens to be around a bunch of people as they're dying and is trying to save them. 
Uh, seems unlikely, but I hold out hope. And I want to know if the sighting of the UFO was actually related to him. Had he left at some point? And if so, why? And is he just returning now? And if so, why? Or is he stuck around, but he hasn't revealed himself to them? And if so, why? And then I also want to know where the heck Jim is and what he's doing and how this whole shooting thing worked out for him, because I'm very concerned that he's going to get in trouble. He doesn't have a good explanation for why he shot this person. And I don't know how any of this will be received. So I hope that we find out. And I hope that Jim comes back and he and Kyle work on their relationship. And Kyle and Max work on their relationship. They can go to the eraser room together. Take a little time. Get to know each other. Take off their shirts. I don't know. Whatever. Just spitballing here. Thanks for joining us this week for this uh, discussion of misogyny and lack of consent in the kissing of women. We will be back on Tuesday, March 3rd with episode 15, Independence Day. But first, we'll have a new mini-sode out next Tuesday where we'll be discussing the 2001 Ivan Reitman movie, Evolution. If you're looking for more information on our podcast, including show notes, visit us at roswellhotsauce.com. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen, and just take a few minutes to give us a rating and review. It really helps folks to find us. In fact, as an incentive, if you rate and review and then screenshot it and send us that screenshot... You will be entered to win a brand new Pass the Hot Sauce sticker. You can send us that screenshot to be entered into the giveaway by emailing us at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com or you can direct message us on Instagram or Twitter at roswellhotsauce. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Ashley Hullett. Our theme music is by David Belcourt and our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time. Don't bring your personal problems into this, Maxwell. It's too important.